0: If you'll open your Bible to page 654, Uh, we're going to talk today about how God does things differently. And uh, I said in my email that went out, I'm delighted to be back at Tuesday Bible Lunch, and my plans would be to be here next Tuesday. I think that'll be no problem. And uh, next week, of course, is the July 4th week, but we have Tuesday Bible Lunch on July, that'd be July the 2nd, won't it? Next Tuesday be July the 2nd. And then on July the 3rd, uh, Dottie will go back in the hospital again to begin her next round of chemo. But where she is at this point, she's in the good days. Many of you have been through chemo, and you kind of know how that works. Uh, it has parts of each round is not good, and then the other parts, you're doing really good. She's doing really, really good, and and uh, we'll be back to MDI tomorrow for a lot of routine things, but... Next Wednesday, the third, you you say a prayer, and I'll remind you of that next Tuesday, as um, that that'll be a big day for where we are, kind of in, in in this journey. But thank you for your prayers. Well, you know, the Bible teaches us that God does things different from how we do things. In fact, as you read the Bible, it's very very interesting. Um, so many things that you read in the Bible that says are the right way to do things. In our life, that's kind of not how we would do things. For example, it says, uh, like, the first shall be last. Well, that's different than how we think. We think about the first will be first. Uh, The Bible teaches that, you know, when you're weak, then you're strong. Well, that's the opposite of how we think of that. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, Try to explain that to your banker. When you go, it won't add up. I mean, we just think, no, it's better to be receiving than it is giving. But the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. It's just so very different. In other words, God thinks differently than how we think. And sometimes we say we need to see things from God's perspective. Well, I understand what I say, what I mean when I say that. But And and you understand what a person means when they say that. And it's the right thing to do. The problem is is, is we, we're not God, and it's difficult many times to see things from God's perspective at the moment. Now, the little illustration that I've used through all these many years about, you know, watching a parade. You know, we watch a parade from the sidewalk or from the curb, and we see each part of the parade as it goes by. God watches the parade from the 10th floor. God's up on the top, and God looks down and sees the beginning, the middle, and the end. But see, we, we're not God, and we don't see that way. But it helps me to understand that even though I don't see what God sees exactly at all, really, and God does things differently than you do and I do, as long as I know the Bible teaches that, then this is where faith gets involved, and we, we plug in. But it, one, one area where this is so very evident, I want to show you in a moment. But look with me on page 654. You're in the book of Isaiah. And down in chapter 5, verse, uh, verse number 8, the Bible says that God's saying, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Those are two very helpful verses to me. as I've looked at them so many times, and I think about them so many times that, you know, how God thinks is just different than how I think, and how God does things. You know, I would probably go about it a little bit different way, and I don't get the whole big picture, but Nonetheless, that is how this is. Now, nowhere is this more evident than in the way God uses people. That that is so so very intriguing to me. For example, as I think about people in the Bible that God used that were really unlikely people. For example, God used the Magi, but he did not use Herod. Now, you would think God would have used Herod. He had far more power than the Magi. Uh, the, the, God used fishermen, ordinary people, more than God used the Pharisees. Now, you would think God would have used the Pharisees. They were the, the, the scholarly people of the day, the learned people. But that's not how God did it at all. Then I think about people that God used. like God used a murderer, Moses. To lead his people out of Egyptian bondage. God used another murderer. uh, Who also was a tent maker. I'm not making light of a tent maker. But you know a tent maker wouldn't be a scientist. Uh, The apostle Paul. Uh, He had people killed because of their Christian faith before he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. But the fact of the matter is, here God took this man who had been responsible for having people killed for their faith. That's a murderer, call it what you wish. And also, ordinary job tent maker. And yet God used this man, the Apostle Paul, to write the epistles that we have in the New Testament. It's the most amazing thing in the world. Now, let me say this. God does use gifted people. So for the multitude of you that are just saying to yourself, this message won't apply to me. I'm very gifted. I'm just the brightest person in town. Well, let me say this to you. Uh, God does use people like you, the most gifted and the brightest people in town. But generally speaking, as you read the Bible, generally speaking, God uses the most unlikely people, to do his will and his work, and the Bible tells us why. I want you to turn over to page 1013, if you will, in your Bible, and I'm going to be turning in mine. That will get us over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, page 1013. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. While you're turning, by the way, I listened to John's message last week on stress The room was full, so most all of you heard that message. Let me tell you what I got out of that message, and I'm going to get back to my message. I listened. In fact, I listened to the thing twice, and I concluded that the source of his stress was me. (laughs) I'll just leave that there and deal with that another time. That's what I got out of the message. Now, back to my message, God God uses the most unlikely people. Now, in 1 Corinthians... Uh, In chapter number 1, if you look down in verse 27, Paul's writing to the believers in Corinth. And and here's what he, well, let's go to verse 26. He says, but you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. In other words, he says, let, let me say this to you guys. God uses just ordinary, unlikely people. Verse 27 says, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring nothing the things that are. And here's why, that no flesh should glory in his presence. See, if God only used only genius people, the most trained people, the cream of the crop people, if that's God's, if he only just used, it would be to the eyes of others, they'd say, well, this happened because these these cream of the crop people made it happen. But God does it a different way generally. He takes the most unlikely, that is, the least qualified people, the least gifted people, the least trained people, and they do the things that God has for them to do. Now, here's what I am convinced, and I, in all my years of being a pastor, over 50 years, if I look at things I never was able to accomplish as much as I thought I would have accomplished, is to somehow... Well, I've tried to teach it, but evidently I didn't get it across well enough. And I think every pastor would say the same thing, really. If you could ever somehow get all of your members to believe that God can use them to do kingdom work, even though they may not be the best trained, they may not be the best educated, they may not be what you'd call uh, the cream of the crop. Just, it's just the everyday, ordinary people. And the truth of the matter is, those are the people that God seems to use in a marvelous, marvelous way. And what Paul is saying to these believers in Corinth, uh, he's saying, uh, he certainly said it in a better way than this, but he's saying to them, look, you're not the brightest people in town. You go back and read those verses and I said exactly what he said. He said you, you but you these people they changed the world as far as Christianity is concerned. That's who God chose to do that. God uses the most unlikely people. I think of Moses. You know Moses, he's an interesting Bible character. Like he wanted to he wanted to quit before he ever started. You know, when God told Moses back in Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses came out with this long list of, well, five excuses. He had five reasons. Well, really he had four. And the fifth one was the truth. But one of his was to God, God, I'm not a man of war. I don't have good, I'm not good, a good speaker. I'm not a good speaker at all, God. Uh, I'm slow of speech. And of course, God said, "Well, you got your brother Aaron, and 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 he'll take care of that for you." But th- 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 there, there he was, and and yet God used him. I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now you know, a pregnant teenage girl in Nazareth, which you know. The Bible says, "No good thing, come out of nazareth that's not that's not like the choice place there, but none the, in the eyes of man it's not but here's this little teenage girl, and she's pregnant, and the angel tells her she's going to have special favor from God, and she's going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Can you not imagine what her response internally would have been like you know maybe I didn't hear that right I'd be the most unlikely person in the world well that's just the way it it works out now let's get that to kind of where you and I live that's just that's all biblically true but you know let's think about some people that really if you just would look at the big picture unlikely people but God used them in unbelievable ways just ordinary people like most all of us, we're just all ordinary people. Well, Billy Graham, who's, of course, now with the Lord. You know, we think of Billy Graham on this end. But the Billy Graham on the other end, I mean, raised on a dairy farm. Not really a very great formal education. Really, he finally got some formal education. But, but no one would have ever imagined, I don't think anyone I don't know this. I doubt his mother and daddy had ever even dreamed that this boy named Billy uh, would, would one day turn out to be what God made Billy Graham to be. He would have been, and he himself said time and time again that he would, uh, in, in who he was, was a very unlikely person to have been able to be used by God in such uh, unbelievable ways. I think for those of us in our church, we're familiar with Dr. R.T. Kendall. Now, Dr. Kendall, I better be careful how I say this because some of you may be from there, but he's, he, he's from Ashland, Kentucky. I don't think probably anybody would think somebody from there would turn out to be what he did, and yet there may be a hundred that have. but I mean, it's in the backside of nowhere. And here this guy is at one point in his life, He couldn't figure out what God wanted to do, and he became a door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman. And then, as time goes on, he gets his formal education and becomes pastor of Westminster uh, Chapel there in London, England. And today, he would be recognized not just by uh, Baptists, but he'd be recognized by all evangelical scholarly people as one of the great Bible teachers and scholars of our day. And he himself would say, and does say, that of all the people that he would have ever thought God would have given these opportunities, he'd say, I'd be on the list, if not at the top, of the most unlikely people imaginable. Well, those are big name people. Now, let me encourage you to do this. Think about some people in your life that as you look back on your life, you would have to say, you know, that person would. Certainly have been a very unlikely person, but that particular person has really impacted my life. I thought of two, and there, have been, there are many others. But I thought of the pastor. His name was we called him Pastor Wynn, WYNN. and it was a good name for him because he, he was very windy. He preached longer than John preaches. He did. <laughs> He preached till he was finished. And many times he didn't know when he was finished. Do you understand that? Let me tell you about Preacher Wynn. He was what we call a bivocational pastor. By daytime, he was a postman. He was a postman. Worked Monday through Friday, delivering the mail. And then when he would get off from his job as postman, he'd visit the sick. He'd do his church work, a little country church. But Pastor Wynn is who led me to the Lord on a Saturday morning. I grew up under Preacher Win; That's what we called him, Preacher Win. And uh, I still in my mind can remember uh, the Saturday morning. He came to my home, our home. My mother invited him to come, and I, asked, I was asking questions. But but that man, one of the most unlikely, and I've had some very scholarly, well, one or two scholarly pastors after that, and they were a blessing to my life. Now, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying of all the men that were my pastors growing up, even grown, uh, he probably is the most unlikely person of all the people that uh, has really made an impact on my life. And I think about that. You know, here God, God used that dear man, and only God knows what else he did. I think of another man as a boy growing up, was a man that was my Sunday school teacher. His name was Mr. George Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R. Now, let me tell you what he did. For a living, he was a butcher in what you and I would call a family-owned meat market. Not many of those left today. But he, by, by, by his profession, by his trade, Monday through Saturday, six days a week, he would be in that place, and he would be cutting the meat and waiting on the people. But on Sunday, he was the, the Sunday school teacher for my age group of boys. Now, I don't remember him being... You know the greatest Sunday school teacher that I ever had. Maybe so, maybe not. But what I do remember is the impact that that man had on my life. There was just something about that man that that you just felt the the, the, the presence of God that was real to him in his life. And I could go on and on. And I want to encourage you. But what I really want to do, see, I'm still trying to do it. I've never I've never accomplished it. I've never been able to convince all Christians that. Uh, they can do things for god and it doesn't mean they have to be a missionary it doesn't mean they have to be a minister in a way we all have opportunities to minister and i've been noticing this a lot down at md anderson there are a great number of people there that work there that i know it's their job but you 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 can pick them out real quickly those that know the lord and are trying to serve the Lord. And they may not see of themselves that they're making much of a difference. But they make a big difference. And it's not just in the medical community. It's just it just a person will just show up here. And a person will just show up there. And then somebody will just come along. The most unlikely person you might imagine. You think, you know what? They, they just somehow, God just used them today to be a help and to be an encouragement. So here's what I want to encourage you to do, and I encourage myself, because I would certainly be uh, one of the most unlikely people. I've, I've never been a, I, I'm not a Billy Graham and R.T. Kendall, but, you know, I've been blessed uh, to serve the Lord in the churches that I've served, and I'm blessed now to serve where I serve. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, and you would have guessed it, uh, as, as a boy growing up, if they had voted in my senior class the most unlikely people to ever be a minister, I would have been somewhere on the list. <laughs> now, I wasn't a bad boy, but I, I, I don't think, and I'll tell you what, I'd have put myself on the list. That just was not what I thought. But the truth of the matter is uh, all of us, God has given us the gifts and abilities. It may be of encouragement. It may be of of this or that or yonder. It may just be able to say the right word at the right time or to write a little note or send a little text or whatever it may be. I want to encourage you, don't let the devil ever make you think because you're not an Einstein or you don't have a Ph.D. in theology, uh, which uh, would almost disqualify you, but let me leave that alone, Uh, you know. (laughs) Uh, it's it's not what we have in our head, it's what comes from our heart. Could I have an amen to that? And you, God can use you to be a blessing and to be an encouragement to people if you'll just be sensitive to the opportunity. Father, I thank you. This has really been on my heart much about how you do things differently, God. You really do. And how you use people. And I look about in the room today, God, and I see some people that have really encouraged me through the years, some of which in this room, I, I've even said that to them. I doubt they even have a clue. I doubt they have a clue. I doubt any of us do. And, and God, one day in heaven, maybe we'll be able to see. Uh, I, I know we'll see better than we do here. But, but God, help us not let the devil, the enemy, make us believe that because we're just a regular old everyday person, That we can't be a blessing. That's the lie of hell. Because God you have gifted each of us. With the gifts that you mean us to have. And help us to be faithful in using them. Now God I pray today for each one here. And those who are going through special times. I pray your blessings upon them. Give us safety as we journey through this week. And God even maybe today. We would just see somebody that we might be able to. Just be a blessing to them is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.